Welcome to episode 12 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Good to see you, my friend. Not your traditional setup today. Not Matt. I'm at Holman Stadium. Just watched the last of the games here this weekend. Um, it was a great first weekend of baseball, but we're moving to Massachusetts games starting on Tuesday, so more to look forward to. Love it. I'm so excited. I saw a great one myself in New Britain today between North Shore and the Bees. North Shore came away with a win in extra innings, and you saw a bit of a dandy yourself over there at home in this afternoon. I did. Uh, it was 5 nothing Worcester, but in the bottom of the eighth, Nashua gets five runs, and then in the top of the ninth, Andrew Salima knocks a home run over left field, and Worcester ends up winning it 6-5. to five. Yeah, it was just tremendous to be back in the ballpark watching live baseball. Everything ran super smooth in New Britain. The performance and the game presentation was awesome. There were fans there. They were energetic. And two great games. Didn't expect New Britain to come out of the gates and beat Worcester 6-0. And then just a really good back-and-forth game today. Good pitching, some good offense, good strategy by both managers. So I was so pleasantly surprised and just so tremendous to ring in the season and now have some baseball to look forward to this week. Yeah, shout-out to Nashua, Cam Cook, Katie Aaron. Really good job here. Great couple days of baseball. And, again, so excited to get going in Mass next week. Yeah, speaking of Mass, we have a Massachusetts native. He goes to school in Mass at BC. He plays for North Shore from Lexington High. Sal Fralick on this episode. He was a fantastic interview. We talked to him on Wednesday evening, so before North Shore played. Talked about his outlook for the season, and uh, it was just great to sit down and talk with him. So, Without further ado, here is Sal Fralick. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He is the 10th ranked prospect in the class of 2021, according to Perfect Game. And this summer, he returns to the Futures League after spending 2018 with the North Shore Navigators, a season in which he was named the 2018 FCBL All-Star. It is Sal Fralick of the North Shore Navigators. Sal, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So you returned to the Navigators and the Futures League after the Cape League was canceled. What does it mean to you to get the chance to play in the Futures League again and to play baseball for the first time in three months? Yeah, I mean, I think being able to play baseball and be in a baseball field is, you know, first and foremost, the, the, it's such a good opportunity for me right now. And, um, you know, the Navigators accepting me back, uh, especially after um, I played with them two years ago. is just, you know, super exciting. They were great to me then. Um, I'm looking forward to a great summer with them now. And what made you initially decide to no join North Shore in 2018, as there's plenty of teams around Mass, but what, what specifically drew you to North Shore and the Navigators? I mean, I, I really did want to play in the Futures League as a whole. Um, I knew it was a great league. Um, and I, I talked to my coach about whether or not I should go into it. And um, I didn't really have a say in what team I, I was going to play for. It ultimately came down to what teams were accepting high school kids. Um, and fortunately enough, you know, the closest team in, in Lynn offered me a spot. Um, my coach told me I'd be heading there for the summer. Sure. Well, we're uh, really excited to see you back in the league and, you know, flashing back to 2018 about team performance. You guys finish at the bottom of the standings, 20 and 35. This summer on the flip side, you guys bring a ton of talent to the field and you're looking to bring the first FCBL title to North Shore. So how do you use this experience both in the Futures League and just in baseball in general to a shortened season in which every game is that much more meaningful? Yeah, I mean, especially, I was about to say, with it being a short season, um, every game's going to have to keep you in it. There's some great teams. Um, when I played two years ago, Westfield wasn't a team, and neither was New Britain. Um, 
But, you know, I know there's a lot of talent out there, a lot of the Cape guys and any CBL guys whose their seasons got canceled and um, were picked up by a Futures League team. So the competition is going to be great. Um, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, myself and there's a ton of other guys who were on the NAVs either last year or two years ago, which was, I think, super important to have the veterans come back and understand what it takes to, you know, win this thing. Yeah, this league this year is crazy talented, and it seems like everybody just keeps adding those bigger bigger and bigger pieces as we get closer to the season. So what lessons did you learn from that summer in 2018 in your first season, and how do you plan to utilize those lessons this summer? Yeah, I think the biggest lessons that I took from that was definitely, you know, I was a high schooler. I hadn't played any college baseball yet, and the biggest thing I was doing was picking the brains of um, the older kids who had some college seasons under their belt. So I think this year the biggest thing for me is to kind of reverse that role. And you know, there are some young guys coming onto the team, and hopefully I can be, you know, a source for them to, you know, learn and grow and, you know, understand the game a little bit better and pick up the speed of it. And hopefully that will translate into some wins and, you know, getting our team rolling. So one thing in 2020 that's going to be in place in North Shore, Derek January taking over in his first year with the Navigators. What's it going to be like playing under new management? Have you gotten in touch with him? And what have those conversations looked like so far? Yeah, I mean, it's been great. He's completely welcoming. I mean, he also stuck out his leg for, you know, some of the guys who weren't going to have summer baseball that weren't playing in the Futures League. You know, you got guys like myself, you know, another buddy of mine, Cody Morissette, Peter Burns, other BC kids, to, you know, join the team. And I think it's, you know, for him to do that, super special. Um, and we're excited to go play for him. I mean, it's been great so far. He's been at all the practices. Um, and he's hired some really good guys, you know, especially our coach, Coach Mack, um, Coach Hirsch, all, the, all our coaches. He's, he's done a great job so far. Yeah, so talking about the last year or two, so your 2019 season ended prematurely because of knee surgery. How did that rehab process look like? And especially because you've had to play a couple staggered years, you know, you didn't play out your entire spring this year and you didn't have a chance to play summer ball last season. So, you know, how are you feeling in terms of health capacity and if you're limiting yourself in any sense as you return to live ball in over three months? Yeah, so after my first Futures League season, um, I actually got my first surgery then. So I went into BC my freshman year um, with a knee surgery, and I was kind of rehabbing that fall. I didn't really understand. You know, it was my first surgery. I didn't really understand the whole rehab process. Kind of rushed back for the season, you know, played as long as I could. And then um, May comes around, I, I got hurt again. So my second surgery um, that, that year was, you know, over the whole entire summer. I was given a much better time frame. I wasn't really in any rush to get back, so I was really able to strengthen up my leg. Um, and I felt great going into this season. I, I, you know, I was doing PT every day, um, included with the weight room stuff. And I, I kind of took it easy on the diamond until I got my body back into shape. And then, you know, once you know, winter came around, I was going full tilt on the diamond. And um, when the season hit, my body felt great. It was, it was a little hard at first. You know, I hadn't played any games. But um, by the third weekend, it felt great. And um, that's when we got sent home and season ultimately got canceled. So. Um, I kind of kept the PT up and, and the lifting up in the meantime, but I'm super excited to get back out on the field. Well, yeah, that's great. And we're recording on Wednesday and it's opening day tomorrow. So we're really excited. And when this comes out, it'll be Monday, but still it's been a couple days in. So we're excited to get the season rolling. And this season you will be playing presumably in the outfield with all-stars Sean Lawler and Ben Malgieri. Have you talked to them? And what's it going to be like to have those guys in the outfield right beside you? Yeah, it's, I mean, I met them the first day. I actually, um, funny, Ben Malgieri was on the Exeter High School team. Um, and we actually played them at Fraser Field in my senior high school. That was the first time I played there against uh, Ben Malgieri and Cody Morissette. They were on that team. 
So I did know Ben a little bit coming into it and uh, got to meet Sean Lawler, and he's a great kid too. So obviously the reigning uh, Futures League MVP as well. Um, and again, just I was saying the, future, the veterans we have, you know, especially in the outfield, um, I think it's going to be super fun to watch. Now, you didn't always start off as an outfielder. You entered college as a shortstop. So how has that transition been, and what skills do you take as a former infielder that you developed when you're playing right field and you're just navigating the outfield? Yeah, I definitely think that starting off as an infielder um, made the transition a lot easier to outfield versus the other way around. Um, when it comes to, you know, fielding the ball on my first step, it's obviously been quick just from being in the infield. And it did take a little adjusting um, in the outfield, watching the spins of balls getting hit out there. And, you know, at first it was pretty hard, but um, I think it was a little easy to pick up once I caught a few. And, and the transition was, you know, hard um, more so because it was off of surgery versus um, the actual transition from infield to outfield. But I'm looking forward to play some more outfield this year. Um, hopefully I'll be playing a little infield too. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I would say the adjustment period was pretty natural. Uh, your defensive talent in 2019 showcased on SportsCenter's top 10 plays. You replaced number four with a catch over the right field wall on the first baseline against UNC. You were also snubbed earlier in the year with a pretty impressive catch against UConn. First off, I'm going to ask you, which catch do you think was more impressive? Because the dugout was right against the line on first base down in Chapel Hill. And in terms of your overall play, how important is it for you to be that well-rounded both at the dish and in the field on defense? Yeah, I think the, uh, I think the one at UConn was a little harder just because I was uh, going to the outfield wall versus coming in front of me. I kind of saw the wall there. I mean, I, I think that versatility and athleticism is something that's always been part of my game. And um, just being able to play any position, you know, in between the lines is, I think, a, a big part of my game. Um, and to, you know, excel at those two. Um, and then if I can, you know, keep hitting and swinging the ball at the dish and all that comes together, hopefully, hopefully be a great match. Before we get back to our interview with Sal Freilich, we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors, ChangeUp. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting edge player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level take notice. ChangeUp is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. ChangeUp. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Sal Freilich. Sal, we talked about your talent, and obviously it shows you're ranked number 10 for your class 2021, according to Perfect Game. How do you plan to use this summer to stay in form and stay involved with the scouts? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is just playing baseball. Um, I'm happy that I'm finally playing baseball on a diamond. Um, and first and foremost, I want to worry about winning and, you know, obviously my self-development. Um, and I think if I focus on those two things, the rest will just take care of itself. Um, I think it's obviously hard to not think about that stuff, um, especially with my junior year approaching. But at the same time, I really want to focus on, you know, having a good time, playing some baseball with my teammates, improving and winning. Um, and I think obviously the rest will just take care of itself. Yeah, we're very fortunate to be one of the leagues playing baseball this summer. And, again, we can't wait for everybody else to get on the field. 
So going into your background a little bit, you're a Massachusetts guy. Not many players that are as highly talented and highly looked at as you are from cold weather states. What does it mean to play in the Massachusetts area, both in the summer collegiate game and in college? Yeah, I think, uh, I think obviously there's a sort of toughness that comes with it. Um, I mean, our fall ball has basically been played in, in, you know, the end of it's in the winter, so it's freezing. Sometimes we get snow. Um, but that's where, you know, that's where I wanted to play. I think the biggest part of me of going to Boston College was, um, you know, keeping local talent here. And I think that's a big part of our culture. And we love recruiting New England kids. And you know, it also plays to an advantage a little bit early on. Um, some of the teams that come visit us, if it's cold out, I mean, they think it's cold, they'll be bundled up in underarms and stuff and we'll be, you know, sleeveless. So I think it's definitely uh, does play as an advantage, but um, no worries at all with that stuff. We love, we love playing the cold weather and, and I, I love keeping local talent here. And, you know, Owen may be a Massachusetts guy, but I feel like I got a little one up here. I'm a BC guy. And uh, first off, wanted to give a quick shout out, WZBC Sports, official broadcast partner of BC. And Brendan Flynn, the Birdball SID, helping set this up. Many thanks to him. And Sal, there's a ton of BC talent here in the league. You guys have 12 players across the six rosters. And you guys are coming off a great 2019 season. That was your last complete season. You won Pool A in the ACC tournament. And you guys had all the tools to make a deep run. I mean, the one through five hitters, I know it, you know it. There's so much talent up top. So, you know, what's it going to be like playing with and against these guys in the summer and just getting a chance to stay sharp and catch up here and there? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be so fun. I'm um, fortunate enough to play with Cody and Peter, two of my best buds. But at the same time, I think um, we're always bashing heads, and especially with bragging rights going into the air. You know, the BC guys on the other team are going to be banging heads with them. So super excited to get after it. Hopefully we see uh, face a couple BC arms um, on the other teams. I know there's some guys playing, um, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really happy that those guys can be playing baseball too. A lot of the kids are, are you know, staying from home too. There are teams near them. So really excited to see everyone, everyone be playing baseball this summer. Is there one arm in particular that you're really looking to get in that bat against from BC? Yeah, Joey Mancini. I want him to throw. I, me, and, me and Cody were talking about it. We said if he throws, we're going to bang him up pretty bad. <laughs> All right, calling a shot before opening day. We'll, uh, we'll keep a good track record on that this season. Uh, so also at BC, there's a huge focus on ALS awareness. With the ALS awareness game played every year at Fenway, and you guys have a tremendous relationship with Pete Frades and Andrew Frades, the brother of the late Pete, rest in peace. What was your relationship with him, and just what does he mean to the program there? I know just his footprint is all over the heights. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to meet Pete even before I got to BC. Um, Lexington Blue Sox is a local, uh, like, inner city league team here in town, and Pete used to play on the team, and um, I, would, I would play in high school, and he'd always be at the field. So I got to meet him pretty early on, and then um, I kind of followed his journey as I, as I went to college. And, you know, I met Andrew, I met his parents, and um, he's just an absolute inspiration to us. Um, he didn't get to come out to many games when we were there, but the few he did, you know, it was just a different vibe at the game. Um, you know, the presence he carries himself with and, you know, the heart he has is, is unbelievable. So, um, obviously, you know, it was heartbreaking this year, but um, his legacy will live on. You know, we got that number three out in right field that, that'll always be there. And we got a brand-new facility going up, too. It's called the Pete Frady Center. So, anytime you enter that, that, that workout area, you know you're, who you're working for. So talk to me about that for a second. I mean, you guys had the construction of Harrington Athletics Village, a brand new turf facility. Now you guys have the ability to host other Northeast schools, maybe in March and April when it's a little colder. And now you're getting a brand new workout facility, locker rooms, batting cages. 
I know there's a certain grittiness and there's a certain toughness about playing in the cold, but what does it mean to have a chance to go inside and just have that facility at hand and not be playing on grass and know that, you know, you guys maybe have the chance to even host postseason baseball in the next couple of years there. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, my freshman year was the first year that the field um, was played on for a season. And I, you know, I never used to, never got to play on the old field, but I knew that in the fall it was tough when it snowed and rained. Um, you know, they weren't able to get out and play, but you know, this year, if it snows, it usually just melts in the turf rains, no issue because it drives pretty fast. So we're always able to be out there. And then, you know, with the addition of the new facility coming in, you know, I think it's going to be awesome for us. Um, you know, obviously the guys that came before us, you know, built this foundation for us and we're fortunate enough to be here while it's getting put in. And, uh, um, we're just thrilled, you know, softball will have it too. So it'll be, um, right there and it'll hopefully attract a lot of people and, um, get some work in there. Yeah, I know on the back end of things on the broadcast side at uh, the old facility, Shea Field, we would have to broadcast outside. So some of those early season yeah. games were a little long. Now we got a heated press box, so all is good. All that's is good. good. That's it. Um, so we want to touch on your other athletic accomplishments for a second. So you were a multi-sport athlete at Lexington High, three-sport captain between baseball, football, and hockey. And – I just wanted to touch on football for a little bit. I was unaware of these stats before I checked them out earlier this week. So 2017 Gatorade player of the year in football in Massachusetts. And I'm sure you're familiar with this stat line, but I'm just going to read it out just to make sure it's accurate. Cause it was a little eye popping when I first saw it. So 1900 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, 1700 rushing yards, 20 touchdowns. You averaged 13.2 yards per carry. That's pretty crazy. So you finished that season with over 3,700 total yards of offense, 51 touchdowns in your high school career, over 10,000 yards. I mean, I could go on and on, but you know, what was that like just having that experience year round and being able to take your leadership both on the gridiron and on the ice. And, you know, I'm also curious, did you consider playing college football and you know, how did you ultimately make your decision when it came to balancing out your talent spread across those three sports? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to make sure I was playing three sports in high school. I think nowadays you see kids really trying to focus in on one sport at a really early age. And I just think the biggest separator for kids, you know, from high school to college is just compete level. And for me to be able to compete year round in three different sports, you know, three very different sports too, and you know, display different types of leadership. And I think that's just been the biggest asset for me since I've gotten to college is just, you know, being able to compete. And um, yeah, I mean, and everyone asked me when I was in high school, know what your favorite sport was and I would always say whatever season it is that was, that's what my favorite sport was and I never knew I was going to play baseball you know until I committed and um I committed my sophomore year and I kind of just planned on playing baseball and then junior year rolls around and after junior year I kind of just started getting some football uh, offers rolling in some some interest and I started to think hey maybe I should uh reconsider this and play both and I kind of sat down with some coaches coach Gambino talked to me a lot my parents and um, we kind of just looked even past college and just, you know, what I have the best chance of playing the longest. And, and, you know, for me, it just came down to baseball. And so it was a pretty easy decision for me. So on the football field, how was your trash talk game? We asked Andy Terrio about it and he said he had a big mouth. So I'd like to hear what you had going on. Yeah, I'm not much of a trash talker. If, I, if anyone's ever trash talking me, I, I just like to score a touchdown. And that's how I trash talk. <laughs> that's, that's, a per that's all you need right there. That's a perfect answer. So how about a message to Navigator fans as we get rolling again? We're, we are on the night before opening day when recording. So how about a message to Navigator fans heading into the season? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to be back, guys. Um, get out to the games. Um, I know there has to be a little bit of a capacity limit on that, but um, 
I'm sure I'll be getting seeing you guys out there. And um, obviously, feel free to say hi. I'm, I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, Fraser Field celebrating 80 years this year, so it's an important milestone, and we're super excited to get out there. So, Sal, this has been awesome so far. We got one final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. So we got a couple more questions for you for our audience to get to know you a little better. Is that cool? Awesome, too. All right. Favorite teammate that you've had a chance to play with, whether it be in the FCBL or at BC? Joe Swazi. Love it. Senior leader, just I'm sure an all-around great clubhouse guy. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute beast. Um, really welcomed me in my freshman year. Great story from that kid, too, just to kind of get people who don't know him. Uh, wasn't playing, you know, playing on playing college baseball. Didn't really make his high school team until his junior and senior year. Walked on at BC, didn't make it his freshman year. Came back his sophomore year, walked on again, made it. Um, played a little bit his sophomore year, and then just started junior and senior year, kind of took over and um, got drafted this past year by his hometown Mets. So um, absolutely look up to the kid. He's been great role model for me and, and a great teammate. Love it. Great answer. Favorite opposing FCBL ballpark? I got to go with Worcester. Um, I know I might not be able to play there this year, but um, when I played there a couple seasons ago, I think that place was the most filled out out of any other stadium, you know, consistently. Um, they had that chant that they would always do every time they scored a run where they do the clap above their head. It's just a great atmosphere there. Uh, those fans love baseball and appreciate it. So really fun to play there. Yeah, certainly not an uncommon answer and a tremendous atmosphere to say the least. Pretty good performance on the field too. So uh, with that being said, walk-up music, whether it be at BC, North Shore 2018, anything you got in the works for this summer? Yeah, I've kind of, uh, I've kind of stuck with Candy Shop. That's, that started off my senior high school. I did, uh, kind of did a little bit with that first year in the NAS, but that's been mine, uh, my, my, mine this past year. I think I'm going to stick with that this year, Candy Shop. Yeah. Okay. Little, little fitty when you're going yeah. off to the dish, yeah. never hurt anyone. All right. Uh, favorite big league team? Red Sox. No doubt. Yeah. Red Sox. Let's um, go. Uh, early on after six episodes, I think we were 3-3, but the Sox are taking the lead here. So That's good. Like yeah, that. I'm not sure how many Yan guys you got saying Yankees on here. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely Red Sox. Glad, glad they're back in the facilities. You know, we've been trying to avoid those New Britain guys. It's a little bit too close to the, to the Boston-New York border. So, you know, we're, we're approaching those guys with caution. So, favorite big league player now? I'm going to have to go with Brock Holt. Brock Holt's my favorite big league player, kind of just – Love his, his versatility. I think it's a you know great role model for me. I love modeling my game after his. Uh, a little upset that he left Boston this year, but um, I'm still going to be a fan. You don't know how excited I am that you said that. Brock Holt is also my favorite player. I have, oh, his, jersey, I have his jersey in my closet. I have his jersey in my closet. Brock Holt, nice, great answer. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Only major league player to hit for the cycle in a postseason game. That was a pretty good one for the Sox. So. Also, I feel like if there's a team for him to go to, you know, the Brew Crew, they're a pretty likable bunch. So, could be a lot worse, but still, great answer as well. Now, bat and glove, what equipment do you use when you're on the field? So, we're obviously sponsored by by company, so we got to use the DeMarie bat. Um, I use, we call it the Red Rocket. I'm a big aluminum guy. You can choose aluminum composites, aluminum one piece, we call it the Red Rocket. So, uh it's a bat I use, and then I have two gloves. I have an infield glove and an outfield glove. Um, go 12 and three quarters for the outfield, 11 and a half for the infield. Um, 
this very specific way to break those in. Um, I do shaving cream, softball in the middle, rubber band around for about a, you know, a couple of days, and I then I pound it with a bat for a couple more days and break those babies in. And what about cleats? What cleats are you, cleats are you lacing up? I got the Bryce Harpers right now. I love them. They're half metal, half rubber, so it kind of takes a lot of stress off the knees, um, especially playing on turf. Um, I think all of the uh, metal cleats, you know, a lot of injuries with that. So I think you know, the Bryce Harpers are perfect. And any baseball nickname? Uh, not really. I was niner in high school because I was nine everything, but now, now I'm sticks because I'm 11. So I've gotten sticks. I saw you were nine in football as well. So what marked that transition from the nine to the 11? Yeah. So actually, I mean, growing up, I was always 11 and then I got to high school and 11 was taken. So I was like, all right, I'll switch it up. So I went, I was nine in football, hockey and baseball in, in high school. And then same thing happened again, Jack Cunningham, who was a soft, sophomore when I was a senior, he was, he wore nine. Um, and so I was just like, oh, perfect. I'll just, I'll just switch back to 11. So I'm back to sticks. Awesome. Are you superstitious at all? Yeah, I'm pretty superstitious. Not, not necessarily with um, like putting on equipment in a certain way or like a pregame meal or whatever, but um, I definitely think like getting into the batter's box, you know, my same routine every time and you'll never touch the foul line and um, stuff like that. And any game day meals that you do eat, you just mentioned that you don't really do pregame meals but any meal that you like to eat on game day chipotle i think that's the biggest one chipotle's got to be my go-to uh pregame meal what's your go-to i'm curious so we i usually i usually go bowl double chicken medium salsa cheese lettuce yeah little known fact for the non-bc crowd out there that chipotle in cleveland circle site of the e coli but it's all good now one of the safest ones in the country (laughs) this one out there yup yeah, quick shout out to the Cleveland Circle. <laughs> I'm a Pinot's guy myself, but I can't hate oh, on Chipotle. Yeah. I digress. Yeah. And then bubblegum or sunflower seeds, what's your preference? Bubblegum, definitely bubblegum. And then what about a brand or flavor for that bubblegum? Either Big League Chew or Five Gum, one of those two. Perfect. Yeah. And then how about a favorite all-time baseball memory? I'm going to go with staying with the Futures League. Uh, I got to go with – at Worcester, I hit for the cycle. Um, it was like a long game. I had like six at-bats. They were really trying to get it to me. So uh, that was super cool, though. Um, it was the first time I'd ever done that. And um, it, was, it was kind of, I think, early in the season. Um, so it was kind of cool. Yeah. Which out of those was the hardest to record? I know that seems like kind of a, a lob for the triple. But, I mean, you did hit for a couple triples this year. So which was, which was the one you finished off with? I finished off with a double. It was my last at bat. I remember I got up and uh, I think it, it actually hit the top of the fence. I thought it was going out and I was, I wasn't, I think I was going to try to stop on second, even if it was a triple, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the outfielder kind of fielded it and I just cruised into second, but uh, yeah, that was the last one. That's awesome. Hey, you and Brock Holt, the cycle guys, <laughs> That's it. put it in the books. Well, Sal, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Returning to the North Shore Navigators this summer. Perhaps most important to me, a BC Eagle. So go Eagles. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Go Eagles. So this has been episode 12 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We got new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Make sure to subscribe. We're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.